Good morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly. One step closer with Stacy Harris and John Sumter. Hi, Stacy. Good morning, John. How you doing? I'm I'm having a great time here. I, I haven't suffered from jet lag in six months. There's something there's something totally wrong with my system. <laughs> it's like, hey, this is what real actual regular eight hours a night sleep looks like, right? <laughs> Right in the same bed in the same time zone. It's 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 crazy. It's crazy. So how's how's solitary confinement treating you? Solitary confinement in North Carolina is not bad. I can't complain. I I've got you know a, a, a great roof over my my head, good food in the uh, refrigerator, um, and we're waffling between you know 40 degrees and 60 degrees on a, on a pretty regular basis here. So um, we are and. Enjoying as much as we can with all of the other um, anxiety and fear that's going on right now, um, the time uh, and the ability to um, not have to get on a flight and not have to be away from our family um, and not have to sort of be running all over the country. So, yeah, it's not a bad. And, and I will have to say I'm, I'm on an upbeat note this morning, although it, it, it's this weird sort of mix between anxiety and fear. I've got a lot going on in my own personal life. Um, and I know a lot of friends and family who are struggling right now, but I had a great briefing this morning. And I just, it reminds me that for me, at least getting back into work, it's my, my probably, unfortunately, my drug of choice is just working. And it just makes me feel better learning about new technologies and seeing what people are doing and hearing about the good stories around how the HR technology are helping organizations uh, address the crisis in ways that we wouldn't have been able to do just five years ago. So I'll say I, I'm, I'm on a bit cheerier note today. So thank you, John. And how about you? Are you, are you on a positive note? Are you seeing good things right now? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's, innovation always explodes in times of crisis. And so, so I'm seeing that, and, that, and that's what I'm looking for. There's, there's, it's, it's a rich emotional mix. I, the, 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 I don't know anybody who isn't scared, or maybe better said, the people I know who aren't scared, I'm quite concerned about. Um, yeah. uh, right, because because there's just so much that we don't know, and and this situation is. I listened to a show the other day um, that was 12 really, really well-known scenario planners who have been in the business of helping companies see the future for 25 years, any one of them, 25 years. And, and, and they were laughing amongst them, um, amongst themselves because Every single time you do scenario planning and you try to figure out where the company's going to go over a long period of time, one of the standard things that you do is, is work with a p- pandemic scenario, right? What happens? What happens if the unimaginable happens is kind of what scenario planning is all about. And so, so there's been there's been a lot of work in in the military and big businesses. Uh, wrestling with questions like this at leadership levels, whether or not whether or not the organizations got prepared as a result of that is a, a separate question. But but thinking about this actually isn't foreign to leadership in big organizations, and so yeah. um, 
So there are places, um, both in the startup community and in and in big business, where where things are getting set on fire right now because 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 the opportunities for for growth and innovation are so explosive, and it's so weird. It's, it's it's kind of the definition of irony that that happens at the same time so many people are suffering. Yeah, so. suffering and 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 dying and 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 out of work and and out of you know struggling to find homes and 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 meaningful you know um, explanations for their children and yeah it's it's a hard dichotomy of of, of emotions to sort of bring together right um, but. Um, but I also think, so, you know, last night I was in tears over, over a friend I had lost, and this morning I'm just excited about where things are going. I think you, you just have to be comfortable with the swings, right? This is where, this is, this is where we are. And, and the idea that there will be a new normal, there will be a, I think, a, a leveling off of the swings, but, but this is life in general, right? This is, this is how we have to sort of... Um, Energy gets energy on some level, right? Well, yeah. So I don't know if this is how it is. There are, there are. I'm hearing three distinct views about how this evolves. Right. View one is people have short memories, and and this will be over, and we'll be back to actual year ago normal and it'll happen very quickly and and i hear some reasonably smart people suggesting that that might be the case um and it's certainly the hope that the administration is peddling um and then there are the people who go well um we might see a leveling of this somewhere in the early fall um, but it's going to be um, um, turn it on, turn it off. So, so people who are thinking about going to college in the fall probably ought to rethink their plan because because we'll have social distancing in an intermittent way until there's a vaccine in large supply. Um, and then, then I talk to people who. Um, are adding guns to their gun cabinet because the end of society as we know it, <laughs> you know, it's, and so yeah. there's a pretty broad array of views about how this is going to go. And um, what I'm sure of is that a lot of things that look like they used to be essential are not going to be essential. Um, yeah. and, and we'll reconfigure around that. And that's pretty interesting, but that includes um, how work gets done and the way we think about work. Um, and so, so it's going to be a long rebuilding time, I think. And so yeah. normal will be constantly changing as we rebuild into whatever the next thing is. But that might be a decade away. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I remember coming out of just the recession of 2008, which wasn't anywhere near like this right now. But, I mean, um, you know, going from wild and crazy conferences and events and parties that were just the norm in 2005, 2004, to an expectation after that that, you know, you would sort of tone down all the conferences, 
tone down sort of what was going on in the business environment, work on a more conservative level, both of spending and investment. You know, it, it took almost 10 years for some of that to ramp back up again. So I do think your your length of time is probably realistic, right? Just from what we've seen on that alone, let alone all the other things that we're dealing with. I think you, you said right now we're at, was it 22 million, right? Is it, uh, or what, well? Yep, that, that's as of this morning. 22 million, and that would be 15%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's crazy. Unemployed here here in the United States, 22 million people have applied. So let's let's, let's look at that. 22 million out of 160 is um, um, 10. 14%, 14%, and there was already 3% unemployment, so it's in the 17 yeah. range probably right now. And there's still two more reporting weeks before you get the full April number. So you yeah. can imagine that, that the May 1 unemployment figure will look like 22 or 23%. Yeah. And um, they're saying that probably by the end of the summer, we're looking at almost 40% in some possibilities, right? Yeah, there, there are scenarios that make it look like that, where where um, we're just on summer break for a very long time with no money to spend at the beach. Yeah. Well, yeah. And at the same time, that that in our sort of minds, and we're all aware of that, there's still things going on in our HR tech, still money being invested, and there are still. Um, planning going on for, for, for large investments in technology. We did see this week, though, announcements that two of the, the big conferences that were going to take place in June. So I think the idea that we are definitely not going to see things sort of get back to any level of at least our, our level of normal, right? Um, so the June OHUG conference and the June Select HR Tech conference, both were, we were notified of cancellations this week. I know about them because I was speaking at both of them. Um, uh, I'm we sure there are other conferences that were going on in June, but as far as I know, at this point, there's nothing that I have seen that's on the schedule that's sticking in June. So at the very least, we're through June and probably August now with no vendor conferences that I'm aware of that are on the books. Um, so that would be September is the earliest that I'm hearing people plan right now for. Yeah, and that's probably a little suspect. What excites me about about this is I I I don't know. Are you part of the um, uh, Singapore video conference? Um, the uh, I I I'm having a, a conversation about possibly doing that uh, actually next week. So so I'm not on it as of this point. But yes, I've heard about it. So 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 Josh and Jason and I are. Are, are talking and I'm pretty excited because because instead of this being something that's exclusive to Singapore there's there's a a, a global audience and an implicit um, notion that uh, anybody can go get a copy of the recording and consume it whenever and and that's yeah. that's a new feature of communications that we're just starting to see go and so i'm learning how to tape a talk from my desk um and 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 do it in a professional way and that's um um exciting i think lots of people will be doing that yeah yeah setting up the new camera setting up your your um 
uh, audio appropriately, all of those things. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see more and more of that probably at least throughout the end of this year. Um, but we're also still seeing investments going on right now. I mean, there's um, two investments that I have, and you said you've seen it several more this this uh, upcoming week. I'm saying it on Findo. You have another way of pronouncing this name. I'm not sure if you but um, is a cloud-based identification verification tool that raised $100 million um, to invest in more um, background checking and identification. It looks like they're um, adding artificial intelligence to the process that they're using here. Um, and then we are also seeing another collaboration tool this week, a Paris-based company called Flight, raising $11 million in their Series A collaboration tool. Does it surprise you, John, that we're continuing to see investments right now? And are you still seeing this as well? Oh, you know, you know, just because just because the market changed dramatically doesn't mean that the underlying financing doesn't keep moving. And so, so I'm seeing <coughs> active fundraising from companies that do things like answer questions. Um, I think we're going to talk about a, a, a question answering company a little bit later, but but people like Capacity and Socrates, the sort of super duper knowledge integration systems that have a conversational flavor to them, um, they're raising money and tools that help you deal with huge volumes of job applications. There's a lot of innovation going on there and companies like Simply Hired. Um, um, and um, that stuff is taking off, right? Because every recruiting department just experienced a hundredfold increase in the number of people applying for jobs. Yeah. It used to be hard to find candidates, and now it's quite easy. Um, <laughs> so, so you have to have a way to sort through it all. And so those things are doing super well, as are tools that help you adapt quickly so that you don't need um, uh, to bother the HR people who are buried in calls right now or the IT people who are buried in calls. Anything that can automate those sorts of processes is having um, good business success and able to raise money easily right now because those are the problems. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that was the briefing I had this morning with WalkMe. WalkMe is a, a uh, I guess an adoption and digitization platform out of Israel um, that started out primarily as a training tool that helps you sort of walk through technology, but they've expanded their sort of overall platform to not only help you walk through, but help you uh, give you nudges and, and give advice and give guidance and give information while you're on different screens and in different environments uh, from a, a technology perspective. Um, and they're saying that uh, they released their, you know, um, editing tool that for their platform um, free, and in um, 60 days they saw a 2,000% increase in just content creation alone because their tool, the uh, end-user kind of creation tool, which is exactly I think what you were talking about, anything that allows you to help the workforce um, increase accessibility, increase uh, the the in, you know information sharing and not have to talk to a live person is invaluable right now, right? Yeah, and, and so, so we had we had a great conversation before the show about about these kinds of things that that simultaneously are 
creepy as all get out because they monitor your work on your desktop um, and have extraordinary potential for being misused. Um, um, and the fact that they create a foundation for thinking about the workforce in a way that we haven't had before. So, yeah. So, so, so for instance, if I, if I can see through the system, who asks you for help about what? I can start to understand your job in ways that um, was never before possible, right? Because I know the car I, I have, I have a grasp of the content of the interactions that you have and what they mean. Um, and your job for most people, unless it's a very, very mechanical job, um, the essence of their job is what they know and how they apply it. And it's been impossible. Job descriptions are terrible at conveying this, but if you can see what people are doing um, and understand the content of their behavior with software and their interactions, you can start to build uh, new ideas about what skills are actually used inside of the company and what um, Stacy's job is and how it's different from John's job. And I think the conversation we have, which I think is a valid conversation, is is digital adoption, is technology adoption um, improvement the same as um, improving productivity, right? Can those two things be automatically linked? Or are you, is it possible that, that like you said, it, it's much more the nuances between those things, right, um, which, which don't look like increased activity but look like what you asked versus how often you asked it, right? Um, you know, I was, you know, I've been, I've been very impressed with organizations like WalkMe who have been able to think more broadly about what their role is inside of an organization. You know, you start out as a training application, and when you and you broaden your thinking, you think, okay, because I'm in this place doing this for these organizations and these employees, I can also help you not just learn how to do it, but maybe help verify some of the fields, or maybe I can now here at this point um, expand and, and help you figure out where upstream the thinking has gone wrong that causes all the audit problems at the back end, right? Um, so can I at the upstream area readjust the, the things that that person is thinking about so that they either fill out the right information or we capture the right information? All that stuff is valuable as a, as a broadening of thinking. The other side of that is that it is a bit of trying to measure error, right? You know, and you can measure error, but, it, but it, it's a little bit wonky. And as you're doing it, is it impacting what you are actually doing as an employee? Is it making you change how you put the information in or would interact because you know you're being monitored a little bit more or being tracked a little bit more? Um, so those are the conversations I think are really good, but I think we're going to get to a point where everything we do in our work environment is going to be monitored, and the hope is being monitored to help you improve for your own personal goals, not just a company number tracking goal, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Hey, here, I hold am here, here's, 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 here's what you just said. The company is going to monitor your work for your own good. 
<laughs> probably for the okay. time you like. But I think yeah. my audience understands me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's here's what I think is interesting. Before, really, really before the last decade, your work was your work, and the software was something that you used to help you with your work. And in the last decade, the software has become the work. And so when you have tools that monitor desktop behavior, what you're saying is the software is the work. And and my guess is that we're going to come to a moment very quickly where we understand that the software isn't the work, that whether or not you're a good salesperson does not depend on whether or not you filled out your forms in salesforce.com. And whether or not you're a good HR person doesn't depend on how well you use Workday. Um, um, whether or not you're a good, set, uh, a good HR person depends on whether or not you meet your goals. Um, and, and the fact that you I, – I see little data anywhere that says if you use the software properly, you achieve your goals. I don't, I don't think that's true. Um, and so, so I think there's, there's a risk, and, and, and it's aggravated by the fact that we are in this experiment about what does working from home during a pandemic mean, and how do you, how do you monitor and control that? But, but the idea that you can do it with automation, when we haven't ever done it before, we're going to automate processes that we have actually haven't done before. And so that says we're going to move the process directly out of the office into your house. And we're not going to think twice about, we're not going to think twice about whether or not that's the smart thing to do. We're just going to measure it. And um, I think it's more complicated than that. Yeah, I'll give it as more complicated. And I think that something like that is a part of the picture. It is not the end answer. Right. And so from my perspective, we have to start gathering data to make the decisions and to have the conversations. It's a little bit like nobody talked about smoking and, and death and cancer until you actually started to track the number of people who were dying, right? It's that kind of a conversation that it is not the answer to, to, to the cancer issue, but it gets the conversation started. And I think the, the, the same thing is, you know, we're, we're, I mean, these are real issues right now. I mean, Zoom um, basically just got sued for alleged data breach uh, last uh, month because of the fact that they're taking data that they're using in their application and sharing it with third parties, including Facebook. I think it gets exactly what you're talking about is that it's happening. You know, there are places where this is going to intrude as we're getting the work done. How many companies, how many people, how many organizations are leveraging Zoom every day now? I mean, what was their share or that? Their usage went up. I, I don't have the exact number, but it was something ridiculously um, high. Um, and yet, you know, people are unaware that they're sharing data with a third party in a way that could come back and have an impact on you personally, right? That's right. That's right. And and Zoom has struggled with privacy questions in general. You, you know, it's 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 sport in the in the um, in the local high school um, where all the kids are at home, everybody's trying to figure out how to Zoom bomb a class, right? So you, so you, you, you 
or not un- you're an uninvited, but you're a student, and so you drop by and tell a joke and disrupt the class. And that's yeah. that's it. Sounds like fun to me. Uh, <laughs> I certainly would have figured out how to do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> you know, so 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 there are growing pains with it. I guess is what I'd say. There are growing pains. Which I think is going to be with any of the technologies that, that we're using right now. I mean, as, as Zoom is having challenges, I mean, it, they don't have the numbers in use, but they, but they had like the, stock, like the, the Zoom shares went from $68 on January 1 to $159 a share on, you know, in, in March 23rd, and then are down to 113 because of all of this, and probably even less now, I haven't checked. But, and companies are banning their use, um, companies like um, uh, SpaceX and, and you know teachers are being instructed not to use it now. The New York City Department of Education, um, and at the same time, Microsoft Teams is breaking daily records with 2.7 billion meeting minutes, um, tops mid-March high by 200 percent. So the working from home thing is real, um, and whether you're using a Zoom or a Microsoft Teams, and all of us know how much tracking Microsoft's doing now because we get regular reports on, you know, how many meetings we've been in and whether or not we're up or down in our quiet time and all of that, right? So the Teams application is tracking probably 10 times more than what just our email account is tracking, right? <laughs> this is going to be, it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting time. Um, I think, <laughs> I think when you just, you, you know, the hierarchical centralized management idea is an old, old thing, and it's not going to go away quickly or painlessly, uh, but when you try to take that management thinking that makes offices work and apply it to distributed work, I think you end up with with serious stupid. Um, um, <laughs> and, and, and so, and so, so, I wish that I thought that what was happening was everybody understands this is a new way of doing it. Just and just as you said, we collect data so that we can start to have a conversation. But my sense is that what's happening is the old standards are still being applied, and you're being measured at home against standards that had to do with being in the workplace, and they're both over and under. Right, yeah. the way the way that work happens when you're when you're in a distributed workforce um, is different. It's different, and it has different productivity algorithms. It has different uh, output phenomena. It has different relationship phenomena. It's it requires more social time because video is such a thin experience, um, um, and so. So things are really changing, and it would be great if what people were doing is going, well, things are changing. Let's see what happens. We'll watch and we'll measure, and then we'll have a conversation. But I think old expectations are not changing, and so so people are being held accountable to things that are unrealistic in the new environment. And I think that's a, that's a good, uh, a great reality check, which is, is that, that exact term held accountable to the old way of doing things, right? You know, everybody keeps talking about, well, we're waiting for the new norm, we're waiting for the new norm, but, you know, there is no, 
there's no norm when we talk about how we're going to think about work because work wasn't really ever normal. Every, every, every evolution of what work was brings us something different, right? And so this is just, I think, another evolution of how we think about how work can get accomplished in organizations. Still a huge amount of work that's being accomplished in shops and on you know, ground floors and in the hospitals. And, you know, we talk a lot about how the information workers, I guess you would say, the people who can work from a home environment are connecting. But these technologies are also being used in those field environments, too. And so when you're talking about tracking information, you know, just, just imagine for the moment. Someone played a video the other day of the feeling of being in an ER room right now with the constant respirator noise and the constant beeping and the constant and having the coverings all over your face, all the protective gear. Like someone like did a video that like made you feel a bit claustrophobic by having it you know, through that protective gear and then all the noises. And at the same time that we're doing all of that, someone's checking how many times we're checking in on the, on the iPad or um, if we're if our, we're securing our um, Zoom calls that we have to have with the families who want to see their their loved ones for their last time, right? Because that's a security and a HIPAA risk issue, right? Those are real issues and real time stuff that's changing now in this environment, right? Um, and we as HR professionals have to figure out how to adapt to it. That's our that's really our job, isn't it? Yeah. Well, so so here's. Here's the thing. You, you move the workforce home. That's great. You start monitoring it. That's actually smart. Um, but you can't tell whether or not the things that you're monitoring and measuring are meaningful until you get to a point where you can see whether or not people are meeting their KPIs. Mm -hmm. Right? And so there's a, there's a review process somewhere down the road where, where we look at performance and say, is this the right performance or isn't this the right performance? And until we have that data, you can't really tell whether or not somebody is doing their job right. Well, and, and I think that it's data has to be put in context. No, you can't, but I would agree. But I think you also have to, none of the systems allow us to look at that data with context around them, to look at that data and say, this data is for someone who's working at home and is viewing and, 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 and has this kind of job. And this data here is from who's working in that hospital environment I just described, right? And, but we're looking right. all the data the same on some level, right? And I think it's the, it's, it's the, we don't know what that data means yet. And none of the tools that I've seen from an analytics and a planning and a scenario planning perspective allows you to put context around the data yet, at least not in a way that's easy, right? So that would be the right. other part of it I think that's important, yeah. Yep. So there's so much to explore, and I, th I think where we come down at the end of this conversation is um, it's a pretty exciting time to be working in an HR in spite of the fact that yeah. it's also the same time where it became okay for men to cry at work. Uh, that's, you know, that's a big, that's a big deal. Um, um, and um, so, so with all of the change comes all of this glorious opportunity and experimentation, and and if you look at that, it's pretty easy to get excited. And then all you have to do is pick your head up and look at everything else, and you can get 
terror. So it's like being on a roller coaster. Yeah. It is. It's like being on a roller coaster. But I think, you know, again, we're all in it together. And, you know, and as you said, crying was all right. So is laughing. So is smiling. So is uh, shouting at your screen once in a while or out your window. My neighbors have given me some strange looks from time to time, but I'm telling you it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, everything we're feeling is okay. And it, including the, the excitement for what the future might hold. So, so this is all good stuff. So we'll have another conversation next week, John. Hopefully there'll be some more exciting stuff to talk about, right? Yep. All right. Thanks very much, Stacey. This was a great conversation. And thanks, everybody, for listening in. You've been with HR Tech Weekly with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. See you next week. Bye-bye now. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you.